BizQuick podcast hits on the struggles and advantages of being an entrepreneur. It's for anyone who's made the commitment to burn the boats and not look back. Are you a busy entrepreneur or small business owner trying to do it all? Then this podcast is for you. Corey and Julie will take you through the details of building a strong business. Hit the subscribe button and gear up for another episode of BizQuick Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. And today we have Matthew Meehan and possibly Luigi Rosa Bianca on from Shield Advisory Group. Uh, they are, well, Matthew is the CEO and founder of Shield Advisory Group, and Luigi is the um, operations manager there. And they are a company that, like in their name, they're a financial group. So they help um, you find financing, set up financing, um, manage your money, all of that type of stuff. Um, and I'm pretty sure they're based out of Orlando, but that doesn't really matter in today's world because they can do business anywhere, I'm guessing. That would be my assumption. Yes. Um, but we are going to talk to them today about, I guess, financing your business, um, you know, just making small, sound uh, business decisions as a small business owner. Um, and that's something that we um, help guide our clients through and the people who, who we talk to in our network. Um just because that's the the finance side of things is can always be a little bit tricky and sometimes seems overwhelming for people, um, but it really doesn't have to be. If you you know have the right people to help you with that, what are your thoughts on this, Julie? Um, I don't. Ha- I'm I'm playing catch up because normally we talk about what we're going to talk about before we start talking about it. We didn't do that today, so I don't. I didn't know what we were going to talk about with respect to this podcast, so. Um, I don't have any thoughts. I know that sounds unusual, but I don't have any because one, I wasn't prepared, which is embarrassing, but you know what? I'm transparent. And two, finance is not my area of expertise. So I suspect I won't say a lot today. I find that hard to believe, but we will jump into that. The thing with uh, financing a business is that it really all boils down to your level of risk, your level of comfort um, when it comes to opening your business. Because a lot of people feel like there's a level of pride or they don't want to let down uh, potential investors, whether that's uh, a bank or, you know, their, their rich uncle, whoever it is, if they can't pay the loan back. Um, and then there's also that level of pride of, Oh, I was able to do this on my own, but we often try and convince people that it's better to spend somebody else's money because if it, you know, if you take a loan out at 5%, but you can make 10% on that elsewhere. I mean, that's always the example given in, most financial examples is that if you can make more money with the money that you're borrowing, then you might as well borrow that money because you can make more spending somebody else's money. Um, and then when it comes to that level of risk, family is a little bit different, but if you're bringing on an investor or you're going to a group or a bank, they calculate that risk and they factor it into that ROI. So you're paying it back. Like you don't have to feel bad about, Oh, well, what if whatever, like they're, that's, they're an adult, they're taking a risk and it's calculated into what they're getting paid back. Sure. It's included in their interest rate. Yeah. And so that's, I mean, something that you need to think about when it comes to borrowing money is that it's, it's you're not getting free money. I mean, some people are getting free money nowadays, but. Oh, a lot of people <laughs> are getting free money nowadays, but yeah. And I think, you know, there's um, a lot of the um, entrepreneurs that we work with are very debt adverse, which is always interesting 
because we're not like, you know, if you've got, you know, savings, well, yeah, you should be willing to, you know, put some money, put some, put some of your savings in, right? You want skin in the game, but if you have the opportunity to get funding somewhere else from a bank or something, you should take that because you want to secure your own savings because well, it might be a while before you're making money. Yeah, and like get a couple of, of thoughts on that because one, like I wonder for small business owners because j- just opening a business in itself is risky. Mm-hmm. So obviously small business owners have a certain level of risk that they're okay with. But if they can control, let's say, that like their amount of debt, small business owners also are the controlling types. So if there's one thing that they can mark off, like this is something I know I can control and I don't have to worry about this, it might help them sleep easier. Uh, yeah, I guess possibly. I don't. I don't know. I. I think. <laughs> yeah, I, it's. It, what, what caught me more for what you just said was the, you know, small business owners. If they're just by the nature of opening up a business, they are more um, open to risk. But I think sometimes that's not necessarily the case. I think a lot of people go into business with this assumption, maybe not a lot, and I can't quantify it, but it feels like we encounter a lot of people like this that are pretty sure that their business is the one sure thing that's going to take off really, really fast. And they're going to be making money very quickly. And, you know, they don't even always have that, you know, recipe for success of desire plus motivation. A lot of times they're missing the motivation. They've got the desire, but the desire is to be rich or the desire is to control their future um but they don't have the motivation to pull it off so i don't even know that it's that people are open to risk as much as they're just not thinking it through all the way that's a good point i i i have a different opinion just because i've been in small business for a while so i know like when i'm opening up a business i'm confident but not because i'm like ignorant or, or have my you know head in the sand. I'm confident in what I'm doing because I've done this before. Sure, I'm I'm confident too. But there were even moments with SB Pace where I was like, "Is this really a thing? Are we gonna be able to do this?" Right? Yeah. Because I mean, it it wasn't you know if you build it, they will come. It was you can build it, you got to build it, and then you got to do a whole lot of work to get them to come. Sure, right? Which sounds so dirty, and I don't mean that dirty. Yeah, but. Yeah. So I, I do, th- I just think that the, um, you know, there's the, that that's probably a whole nother podcast to think about that people who don't really think about the risk of even being business owners or don't fully think it through. Sure. And I just want to say one last thing before we bring on, uh, Matthew and Luigi, um, that comment you were saying about, uh, borrowing people, borrowing money so that you can keep some money in the bank account. Um, when I was going through the the whole restaurant process, when I was talking to the banker before, when they were still lending money out, they aren't now, but when they were still lending money out, and I said, "Well, I can put this much, and then that way my loan's only this much." He said, "I would prefer if we loaned you the whole amount, and then you you were able to keep that the rest of that money just in case you needed it later." And that was his approach. It was like, "I would prefer to loan you more money so that you have more in your own savings account." Well, that's interesting, and that's also um, so. Then, how do you? I guess is your skin in the game then that you've signed your name on the dotted line for oh, this gigantic per- loan? There's a personal guarantee, and like I still have to put some. I would have had to put some money in. Yeah. But instead of putting in a lot of money, I'm putting in basically the bare minimum. Yeah. And oh, and that's kind of what I meant, yeah. right? Yeah, that you want. 
I think it's always smart to keep money in your own savings account. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, all right. Well, we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Luigi and Matthew. Listen up, BizQuick fans. Julie and Corey are launching two new group coaching programs designed specifically for aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners. Small Business Startups is a 90-day program that will walk any aspiring entrepreneur through the steps required to launch a successful and solid business. The Small Business Accelerator is a nine-week coaching program that helps anyone with an existing business build a stronger foundation and create actionable goals to take their business to the next level. Check out both programs on our site under the services section or click on the link in the show notes to learn more. Now back to the show. All right, everybody, and welcome back to the show. We've got uh, Matthew and Luigi from Shield Advisory Group on. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us. Happy Thank to you be very here. much. This is a pleasure. Yeah, we're excited to have you on our podcast. We were on your podcast not too long ago. The so. Liquid Lunch. It was yeah. great. Yep. The best one ever. Yeah. <laughs> That's the correct we had answer. a lot of fun. It was our first ever two-on-two. It was, it was our first foursome. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm, we're not new to that. <laughs> so how's it going? Things are good. Things are good. We are, uh, we're moving and shaking, you know, keeping the dream alive, helping small businesses as much as we possibly can. Great. Well, let, why don't we kick it off by um, you guys telling our listeners a little bit about what you guys do and how you help small businesses. Because I think we... We serve the exact same demographic from from the perspective of what we do. Okay, Lou, you want to take this, or you want me to jump on it? Um, you know, let me uh, take the uh, the big picture, and then we kind of narrow down to a microscopic view. You take it because you're a lot smarter than I am. So, Julie, Corey, and the crowd. Basically, what we try to do, our mantra is to try to provide to small businesses the programs, services, bells and whistles that are normally only available to large companies. Um, sometimes that takes the form of a loan product. That's where Matthew's expertise is, obviously. Sometimes it takes the form of, of, of a tax credit. Um, it really is always a custom suit. There's no off-the-rack type product, right? So we get to know the company. We get to understand their uh, clients, their product lines, their operations, and then we kind of find a solution to fit. Um, Matthew obviously will delve a little bit more into the finances because ultimately, whether you're in growth mode, you need finances to help propel that, right? I always kind of use the analogy, you can grow by bootstrapping and it's like using a skateboard or you can grow by taking on a little bit of debt and it's like taking on a sports car. You're both going to go forward, but one accelerates it and one takes a little bit more of a sluggish approach. Um, and then during this time, you know, Matt and I have been really scratching our heads trying to find really creative products because you have clients that may not have um, forward growth because they're either stagnating or growth has been a little bit retarded because of the recession. So it's been a challenge to find vehicles to complement that sort of transition. And, and we've been lucky, you know, with um, some creative lending vehicles, some tax credits. Um, yeah, Matt does not stop scouring the market for interesting products out there. So you guys have, um, and I know a long history in finance right deep backgrounds and understand it very well how long have you been business partners matt i'll leave that one to you because he, he was he was wooing me for years you know he sent me flowers <laughs> you know he tried to give me a signing bonus you know he actually sent an agent over i mean it was it was it got a little bit pathetic got, guys it got a little bit pathetic my girlfriend got 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 jealous it, it, it was getting ugly yeah it sounds uncomfortable 
Yeah. Yeah. So initially, after I after my partners bought me out of my investment bank on Wall Street, I actually went in. I started lending money um, to small businesses through a couple of different financial instruments. Um, and uh, I was doing that for a while. And then when COVID hit, what tend to happen was I couldn't put my money out there anymore because you didn't know if these businesses were going to be around in three, six, 12 months, right? So during that time frame, what I actually did was I set up this company and brought Luigi and I finally, you know, sent him the right flowers. You know, he likes daisies, not roses. I figured that out after a while. And uh, he agreed to come on board. And then we brought on another partner of ours who's a CPA and he came on board. And that was roughly about 18 months ago. Right. By the time you finally got on board, what would you say, Lou? By the time you finally gave me that commitment, it was around this time last year, maybe maybe a month earlier, around August. Yeah, Julie, Corey, you know, it, it was one of those things where we knew what we wanted to do, but sometimes it takes a little bit of time to kind of work out the machinations and the operations. Right. So there's one thing about having the theory and the philosophy of how you want the business to operate. But the execution sometimes is never as smooth. And it took Matt and I, I would say, well, look, we're always tweaking, we're always evolving. But I say with, it took us a good six months just to get the, the streamlined operations in place. And, and now it's just upward trajectory, I hope. And I love the services that, that y'all provide when you're talking about helping people find tax credits or different tools or, or things that, that the big companies have. Because one of the things that we... Um, we ran into when, when the pandemic first started, and that's also when we started our business, everybody who we talked to, they, they asked us, they're like, can you help us navigate the PPP loans? Can you help us navigate all this stuff? And we were just as, as green, and but we didn't have the time to do it. They didn't have the time to do it. But big companies, they certainly had the time to do it. So, you know, being able to not, you know, not that that's what y'all were doing, but like being able to do that, whereas like, I need help. Okay, cool. Have you ever looked into historic tax credits? Let us help you find them. Have you ever looked into this? Let us help you work that out. And then uh, the other side of things that uh, that we talked about on the first half and um, that we always talk about with clients is borrowing money is critical to like to being able to grow a business. And and like what are the what are your thoughts on that? Like in terms of like why people should or shouldn't or why they do or don't. Or you know you hit the nail on the head. There's that Goldilocks zone with business that is our forte. And it's that small to medium-sized business that is in growth mode, but is not large enough to have in-house counsel and an in-house CFO. Um, you know, once you attain a certain level, you would hope that a good CFO would prospect all these services for you. But just private, you know, you're, you're making 30, 40, 50 million per annum. Um, in this environment, you're still a, a medium-sized business. You need someone to rely upon that knows the the landscape of, of of loan products because if matt and i would spend 14 podcasts describing to you the different type of small business loan products out there so you don't need someone that's going to recitate to you what products are out there you need someone that's going to find the right one that fits your cash flow and that is respectful of your business model um yeah so i i think that's the key the key is just finding that business is in growth mode and then finding the product to, to suit. Because frankly, if you're not in growth mode, it really doesn't work. You know, not everyone is an entrepreneur. I mean, some people are just unemployable small business owners. 
So it, it also depends on what phase your business is in. Are you just starting out? Have you been in business for two years plus? You know, are you at that five-year mark? How have your revenues grown? What have you done to provide funding to your company when you first started out? You know, how many lenders are in there already? The majority of businesses that come to us already have some type of lending solution going on, and they're not happy with it for whatever reason it might be. Maybe the rates are too high. Maybe the payments are too frequent. They're looking to get into a bankable lending product. The problem with that is banks aren't really here to serve small businesses because it costs them the same amount of money to underwrite a $100,000 loan or a $50,000 loan as it does to write a 50 million or a hundred million dollar loan. A lot of the same time and resources go into it. So what banks generally try to do for small businesses is they try to put them into the SBA type funding, okay? 7A loans um, are, are pretty much the norm these days, right? And the reason these banks are going out and doing it, right? I don't know how familiar everybody is with SBA loans, but an SBA loan, all it really is is a loan that's guaranteed by the government. It used to be 80%, now it's 90%. So what that means is whatever bank that you go to, they have their own process. They're putting their own money out there, right? Then they're sending it to the SBA to get approval so they can get a guarantee on this loan. So if you borrow $100,000 from, let's say, TD Bank, but it's an SBA loan, right? If you default on that loan, TD Bank's only going to be liable for $10,000. So what the banks are trying to do is mitigate your risk by pushing off that insurance against an SBA loan with the government, right? Now, in order to qualify for an SBA loan, there's a certain criteria that you have to fit. And to be honest with you, most small business owners don't fit that criteria right now, whether it's their credit's too low or they haven't properly had the right accountant to guide them to put the proper information on their tax returns. Let's call it a spade of spade. 90% of small businesses eat out of their business. What does that mean? They use as many expenses as they possibly can because they don't want to pay taxes at the end of the year. So they show a negative or a small net profit, uh, net profitability, right? That profitability is what banks look at to decide whether they're going to approve you or deny you. Now, if you are negative, your chances are getting a loan with a bank is slim to none. And slim, he's out of town, right? Now, if you're profitable, but not profitable by a certain margin, right, you're not going to get a loan from a bank either. That's why these alternative lending instruments have came about over the last five to 10 years and exploded in the marketplace. Not only does an SBA loan take, let's say, eight weeks on the, on, on, on a great side, but probably six months to get approved, where an alternative lender can come in place and approve the same type of loan inside of 24 hours. That's because the SBA process is archaic and it needs to be fixed, in my opinion. Yeah, and I've, I've gone through the SBA process and there's definitely pros and cons to it, I think, um, you know, especially because the, um, the, the, the barrier for, like, I think it's $350,000, like up to that point, like they, it's, it's, there's like one hoop you have to jump through. If you need more than that, like there's more hoops that you have to jump through, so. so so in order to get 350000 from the SBA on a seven-day working capital loan in the perfect world, you're going to need two years' time in business, right? You're going to be net profitable, showing a $35,000 profit or more on your business tax returns, right? 
Um, you're also going to need to have a credit score, probably about 680 or higher, but you're also going to need business credit built up because what the SBA uses is something called an e-transcore, which is a mix of your personal credit and your business credit together, right? And they come up with a number and they don't let anybody know about it. NAV has a great system, but it's still not 100% accurate, but it gives you a good idea of if you're going to get approved or not approved by the SBA with that. So you need to meet that. The other problem that I have with SBA loans, right, is there's this rule with SBA loans. If you have collateral, they're going to make you collateralize the loan. If you don't have any collateral, you don't have to, which I don't see as fair. And when you're just starting out a business, even if you're in year two, let's face it, you're still a startup, right? Anything five years or less, in my opinion, without consistent growth is still going to be considered a startup, okay? So I wouldn't want to jeopardize my home, my family's livelihood, if this business goes down. Because if my business sinks, right, they're going to come after me and they're going to want the collateral I have in my house to repay the loan. So when you're looking at funding options, you got to be clear on every aspect. And I'm a big believer in unsecured funding rather than collateralized or secured funding. So I want to shift gears a little bit. I mean, this is such great information, but I want to I want to think about, you know, a lot of the business owners that we know, entrepreneurs that we've worked with and a lot of our listeners, right, who are entrepreneurs and they're in that, you know, early stage, late stage startup, right? Less than five years, many of them less than two or three years. And rather than thinking about um, where should they go for getting a loan, I want to even go a little bit more primitive than that. What sort of things should they be thinking about? Like you talked about building up business credit, but should they have like a line of credit? Like what things would you advise somebody if you give them a checklist of some things that they're, you know, in the first year or two of their business, like these are the things you want to be thinking about financially early on so that when you get down the road, it's easier for you if you are not, you know, having this, if you need to get some funding, this it's going to be easier for you to get it because you've done these things now. Lauren, do mind if I take this one? Because this is a sore spot with me every morning. <laughs> All right, Julie, Corey, get ready for this one. Number one, incorporate. I don't care if it's an LLC. I don't care if it's an S-Corp or a C-Corp. You have to incorporate. Sole proprietor is not going to kick it. I understand you don't want to spend a lot of money starting up. And you go down to the county clerk, you spend 15 bucks, and you get your sole proprietor certificate. But it doesn't give you the breadth nor the per protections that Matt was uh, earlier um, to build a solid uh, enterprise. Um, two, you have to have your accounting protocols in place. Now, I know you're starting out, so it's like, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Well, I haven't made any money, so I really don't have to get the accounting protocols in place. You do. Yeah, you know, these software programs out there, they are very inexpensive. They're very easy to use. You need to be reconciling your accounts every month. You need to be able to generate a PL, a balance sheet. If you run it like a mom and pop, you got to be lending it and growing it like a mom and pop. You got to run it like a legitimate enterprise. Um, and then a couple of the other like little nuances. You got to get a business landline. You got to get a brick and mortar, either if, whether it's a service business, you need an office. You, you can't be, if you're going to have a substantial business, you can't be running it from a virtual space or a home office. You need you need a physical space, right? 
um, and you need a landmine. So those silly things. You a know, like landmine? If somebody, you need a landmine. So could you use like a Google Voice number? Yeah, Google Voice, okay. 1-800 number. Just yeah. get something that is attributed only to the okay. business. I was going to say, when, do they still when make landlines? When, <laughs> yeah, you're like, he's showing his age right there. He's talking about a dedicated line just for the business. Yeah. And you need a rotary you, phone. <laughs> that's where my brain went. Lines. Yeah, one of those copper lines. So you look, look when, you, when you apply with a lender, the first thing he does, he Googles the company. And on the right side, if he doesn't see the address or a phone number, next. So now you went from a tier A lender to a tier B lender. Why? Because he's, it's, it's the old adage, the way you do something is the way you do everything. Mm-hmm. Like if this guy didn't take the time to put attention to detail in his Google directory, he's definitely not putting the attention to detail to bookkeeping, payroll, receivables, et cetera, et cetera, right? So like those little nuances hold a lot of weight when it comes to, well, let's call a spade a spade. Lenders are like horses, right? They're blinders on and they are rather conservative folk, right? So we have to play their game. And I, I mean, that's, that's such a great piece of advice for just business in general. Like you, like the, the, the adage you have to dress for success means a lot. Like with, like, like I said, walking into a bank two years ago when I was talking, um, opening, trying to work on opening a restaurant two years ago, um, restaurants, a risky industry, um, asking for three quarters of a million dollars is not, you know, something easy to do, you know, whatever, like all of that. But I walk in. I've got a solid business plan. I dress like I'm not some bum off the street, which is what I normally dress like, you know, but like, you know, like I go in and it's like, you act professional. There's like, you're not going to get disregarded for whatever it is. And that's the whole thing is that, uh, you know, people that like, like you said, like you just like, you have to play the part so that when people Google you or whatever it is, you're like, Oh, you know, this is a legitimate company. It's not just some schmuck trying to steal some money from me. Yeah, let me jump in right for a second, though. Of course. One thing that's extremely important, right? Well, two things. First of all, when you go to name your company, it's extremely important, right? There are there are companies that raise red flags immediately with a bank where you get pushed back to the list no matter what. Some of these industries include trucking, any vice industry out there, banks don't want to touch, right? Anything with real estate, banks don't want to touch. So Generally speaking, you should try to name your business as some type of holding company or management company. And you can also run a DBA off of that to collect checks. Or let's say if it's um, Joe's real estate business, Joe's real estate business could be the DBA and it could be Joe's holding company, right? Now, I'm not saying it's going to work 99% of the time, but it'll at least get you through the door. The second thing that I want to bring up are, are websites. Your websites are extremely, extremely important, okay? Because when you file and you apply for a bank for a loan, they're going to underwrite the loan. What I mean by underwrite is they're going to do, they're going to put you and the application through a due diligence process. And like we were speaking about Google, they're going to Google the name of the business. Trust me, they Google your name, right? But they're also going to look at your website and they're going to learn about you and your business and what you're all about. It's usually the first stop where a bank goes to learn about your company. And there's nobody better out there to tell your company's story than you. So that is extremely important to have a website set up and showing your company's highlights and the best of your company, so to speak. Yeah, that's the same advice that uh, you know I got 
from the uh, from the bank when I was talking to them. It's like that. Like once we understand what it is that you do, all we care about is who you are. And if you can sell us yourself, then we'll be happy to work with you. But you know, if, if we can't, we don't believe in you. Then I don't care what it is that you're trying to sell. Um, but on that note, we are running out of time, so we got to wrap this up. Um, so before we go, is there anything that we can do for the two of you? Yeah, guys, I just want to jump in here um, and talk a little bit about, I know we're talking about financing, right? Financing is great. Loans are great. You need them to grow your business. But let's talk about different incentives that the government is giving small businesses right now really quick. Right now, there's more money flowing through this economy in, than in history before with all these stimulus programs that have been out there, okay? One program that we're working on and almost everybody that was unemployed will qualify for this program is called the work opportunity tax credit program. Okay. This is a program. It's been around since the seventies. Congress usually goes out and they extend the program every year. Last year, they extended this program for five years. This program allows anybody out there who's hiring and they hire from certain groups, meaning veterans or disabled folks or people that have been on unemployment. Right now, the majority of Americans have been on some type of unemployment over the last six to 12 months. It allows employers to get anywhere from $2,400 to $9,600 in tax savings and tax credits every time they hire somebody. It's called the Worker Opportunity Tax Credit. If you guys are interested in more, if you're out there hiring, we all know right now there's a labor shortage here. You're seeing companies like Amazon put out hiring bonuses for $3,000. Google, come work with us. McDonald's, $2,000 sign-on bonus. The way they're able to do this is by utilizing this tax credit. And unfortunately, a lot of small business owners don't know about it. So we actually put together a free training for everybody to learn about this. It's called the Work Opportunity Tax Credit Training Program, where you can get $2,400 to $9,600 per new hire. You can find that at WOTCworkshop.com. Again, it's WOTCworkshop.com. You guys are going to learn about the tax credit, see who qualifies, and use a tool that corporate America has been doing for years to fuel their growth. Now, you guys will have the power to do it as well. So that's I know somebody who's going to take advantage of that right away. <laughs> yeah. And, and thanks for the information. And um, outside of that, how else can people get in touch with you? You guys can find us. Um, we're on, in, I'm on Instagram at Matthew R. Meehan. You can find us on Instagram at the liquid lunch project. We're on Facebook and it's at shield advisory group and at Matthew R. Meehan or at Luigi Rosa Bianca. Perfect. Well, Thanks for uh, coming on the show and thanks for connecting with us again. And thank you to all of our listeners and everything that Matthew just said right there will be in our show notes. Yeah. And if you want to work with us, you can find us mostly just by going to our website. That's the easiest way to find us and find out about everything that we do with entrepreneurs and small business owners. But you can also follow us on LinkedIn, TikTok. That's right. We're on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Don't forget to download and rate this podcast, subscribe, and give us a review. And if you want to be on the show or if you have any topics you want us to cover, connect with us on our website. 
Do you know we wrote a book? I do. Yeah, it's a bestseller. Do you know what the name of the book is, Corey? Go right ahead. <laughs> it is called Seriously Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. And it comes with a digital download workbook. It's a number one Amazon bestseller, if I didn't already say that. And if you've already bought it, well, come on, go back to Amazon, rate and review it, because it's a pretty awesome book, and we love reviews. We do, and that's it for today's show. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses become more financially successful across America.